Hi everyone, welcome to Type Talks. Today we have nine female ENFPs. And so Aisha, would you like to tell us a bit about you? Hi, I'm Aisha. Um, I live in Pennsylvania and I think I'm probably an Enneagram 7. And I love Joy, she's the best. <laughs> oh, thank you. And so Oriana? Um, I'm Oriana. I'm a two wing one SXSO. Sorry. Um, and <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> cool. And Mandy? Hey guys, I'm Mandy. I'm from Minnesota originally, currently in Italy, and I'm a seven. Awesome. And Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. I'm from Alberta, Canada. I'm a seven wing eight social sexual, and I compare these intros to like that awkward about me section from dating profiles which I don't like, so is that for me, I like dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Alexa likes long walks on the beach, if, if <laughs> And so Kelsey? Uh, yep, Kelsey, hi. Um, two wing three, sexual self-pres. I also hate introductions, and I currently live in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, and so Shannon? Uh, hi, I'm Shan. I'm uh, five wing four SXSP. Um, that's that's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Shannon has a YouTube channel called Ask a Hippies. And Madeline. True. Hi, I'm Madeline. Um, I believe I'm a Enneagram seven. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and um, yeah, I love all things MBTI. Same here. And Michelle? Hi, guys. I'm Michelle. Uh, I'm not 100% on my Enneagram, but I'm about like 70% sure I'm a nine wing one. No, the only reason I say 70% is because I've been considering a six wing seven. Um, so I'm still kind of, because six is hard to understand. So I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but uh, I do have a YouTube channel and I do actually also live in Iowa right now. <laughs> Yes. Yay! <laughs> Michelle has a YouTube channel called Heart of Michi. I, I really like her videos and also really like Shannon's videos too. <laughs> and so Debbie. Yeah. No, no, Deb, not Debbie. That was my childhood name. So <laughs> yeah, um, I am Deb and Enneagram 3 uh, sexual with, with a four wing. Um, I don't have a YouTube channel, but I do have a podcast. So yeah. Um, oh, me too. Right yeah. on. My podcast is called Tapping This Week, and I just do a little FI thing where I just talk about what I want to talk about and say, hey, follow if you want me to. Yeah, so it's really cool. It's an ENFP. Awesome. And I'll have everyone's links down below and follow these awesome ENFP creators. And thank you, ENFPs, for coming on. And so my first question for you guys is, does it ever make you mad when people limit your possibilities? Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> We're all like, is that even a question? No. <laughs> I get mad about it because I don't like being told what to do. So if I have an idea about something, I'm super excited about it. And then someone goes out and is like, no, that's stupid. Or you shouldn't do this. You need to do it this way. I'm like, hey, no, I'm going to do, I'm going to do it even more now. Like, so that's I don't, my I don't think take on it. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I think people often take like our big picture ideas and think that we haven't been smart enough to think about what 
we need to do next. It's just not our first thought process. That doesn't mean we don't actually take that into consideration. So when mm -hmm. we're in like our excitable state of like, oh my God, this idea is amazing or look at all these possibilities and someone just like deflates that balloon, it's so just damning on the whole thing. It's like the whole experience is being able to express it and have it received, right? So when mm -hmm. people assume that we don't think it through after the fact, it's not always true. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's kind of demeaning. You're like, rude, I have thought about this for like <laughs> 10 <Rude>. years. <laughs> and this is about to go down, you don't even know. Like, yeah, you people miss the strategic because you're only talking about like the beautiful thing at the end, but they're not, like, I'm not gonna talk about the legal paperwork I have to file to get this going. Do we really need to discuss that? Like, is that fun convo? Do you want to discuss no. that? Like, yeah. I hate to be discredited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to like get you involved like before something happens. And the fact that like you have to show it for anyone to care is like really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking about possibilities in the sense like when people try to limit the ideas that you generate to like you'll say something and they'll like shut it down. How do you feel about we're, that? Yeah. <clears throat> we were kind of talking before about how it has a lot to do with where people are at in their own lives. Mm -hmm. um, so I mean someone who's not really so interested in being um, in in novel things or ideas or something like that they're just naturally not going to take to it and their brain doesn't work that way and so they're uncomfortable being presented with that kind of thing and they naturally respond that way so I try to I try to like not get so offended by it because it's usually more to do with their own limitations than mm -hmm. than mine yeah. Absolutely. and also two yeah. words watch me <laughs> yes like I bye <laughs> I'm too like protective too of like if something doesn't come to fruition I don't want to be seen as like a flake because I feel like that's a common theme but I don't always I'm not always as connected to my ideas as everybody thinks like just because I was talking about this at that time like maybe I changed my mind or like found a roadblock like doesn't mean I just give up on stuff I just have many interests way. exactly the way around Yep. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're like protective of what you're talking about because you're like, eh, I don't really know what I'm going to do with this. So there's also something about possibilities. If, if, if somebody shoots down a possible idea, they're also sort of saying like, we can't grow or change as a world. So it's not mm -hmm. just the one idea. It's about the potential of everything. Mm -hmm. So that's why I take mm -hmm. it really personally. Um, and it's like, yeah, we, you're saying we can't grow and that's not true. So it's not just about the one idea. It's about yes. what that one idea stands for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Big time. Yeah. So I had like a little bit of an epiphany last night. I was watching this <laughs> video. I don't know if you guys know who Cody Ko is. He's got like a YouTube channel. Um, but he was making fun of the Dobre brothers because they went to go see like a $37 million house or whatever. Um, and the garage was super huge. And one of the brothers made a comment like, oh, this is like a dealership. And then Cody made a joke about how like they were like, how cool would it be that we'd have our own dealership and be able to like, I could buy my own car from myself. And as I was listening to the way that he was mocking the Dobre brothers, I was realizing like, that 
it, not that exact same thing, but that's what people think when they hear our ideas is they think it's so outlandish and so ridiculous that it, mm -hmm. they can't even comprehend how someone could come up with such an idea unless like they're just completely disconnected. Um, so that was the little realization I had yesterday. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, great point, Michelle. That brings us to the next question. Were you told as a kid that you talked too much, that you were too excited, that it seemed like you were on drugs? Because you mentioned how, uh, Michelle, your ideas can seem kind of outlandish to someone who doesn't have any. So I was wondering. Uh, I mean, I've definitely always been told that I talk too much in first grade. I had so many recesses where I just set, spent the whole time writing, I will not talk in class over and over and over again. Uh, so definitely got told I talk too much. Yeah, we took the social and social studies. Yes. <laughs> talk about the most boring subject. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually really fascinating now that I'm an adult, but in school, right? it's not. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my mom had a rule that at nine or 10 p.m., I forget which one it was, but I was not allowed to ask any more questions at that point. Like, you guys, you know, my mom's also an ISTJ. Yeah. So um, a very lovely, wonderful, I love ISTJs, nothing but good things to say about them, but she was just like, okay, I'm done. She was tired, unless I had had it, I'd ask so many questions by that point. She's like, I'm not, tomorrow, save them for tomorrow. I was very strategic about my questions. <laughs> I started like, like I would sit back and observe, uh, my family and I'd wait like I'd wait till my parents were going to car rides because they had to run errands for me to be like I'm gonna join you and they'd all know like oh no she's gonna ask all the questions ah! now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah I wouldn't say that I asked a ton of questions but when I did they were like so grand in scale for my age people would go where the hell did you even think of that? <laughs> I would be like what's the why are we here? Or like just really outlandish things that you don't think like a child at that age would even be interested in thinking about or asking. Yes. Or like when you put like the two obvious things together, like I think a really funny thing is when I was a kid, I was reading or looking at a National Geographic book and I, <laughs> this is like the whole awkward, like what is sex conversation. And I looked at um, a picture of like a male and a female lion getting it on. And then I looked over at my mom, ISTJ, and I go, so do people do that too? <laughs> it's always like, it's never timed well. It could be during like a family dinner. So we don't really have like, um, we don't really consider those things. I think we just want to say the thing. And get yeah, it <laughs> yeah, it's like, who cares about the FE? I'll just ask this question when I'm feeling like asking. <laughs> Yeah. We don't even know it exists, so we're just yeah, like, it's, it's not about this is an, this is an innocent it. question. It's not about defying FE or sticking it to FE. It's just about completely being unaware, at least at a young age. I mean, I think hopefully as we age or age as we are now, we have a little bit more awareness of feel the room. <laughs> but, you know, asking that kind of, do people do this too? After you, I mean, that wasn't something that I thought was, <laughs> I'm thinking you think you were going to upset people because that was the thought that was in your head. Yeah, it came out. You didn't realize it was gonna. That's a really, or be that's, yeah. that's a really good point, Madeline. It makes me think like, okay, so I have a hypothesis now. I wonder if ETPs they they do it to 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 go against the the FE, so they know about the FE. But EFPs they're just simply unaware of the FE. So maybe that's not yeah. true, but it's my yeah. hypothesis. And then the F yeah. the, the NFP wants to be more authentic to who they are, right? So they just yeah. that outweighs anything else. 
Yeah, I think that's why that's why we're so forgiving too, because we've probably been there. We're like, oh no, I said that shit before. It makes people super mad. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> but like in the most earnest, like I'm so sorry. Like I can be, I can stomp all over people and feel terrible about it. And I, I truly try to like. I have learned. That's been a lot of what I've learned. I can mm -hmm. be very sharp. And I don't know if this is true for for the other ENFPs. I'm curious. Is like if I can't say the idea, then like all this energy gets bottled yeah. up and I'm just stuck. Like I just have to get it out so I can keep moving. Mm -hmm. I'm not attached to the idea, but if it's like a hose that's been blocked, like, <laughs> no, I have to let it out. And then mm -hmm. I can keep thinking, but I can't keep thinking if I can't say it first. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. And I feel bad for people who don't understand what it's like to be an extra intuitive because mm -hmm. they really don't know what we're doing when we talk. Yeah. 100%. I want to add on to that a little bit because I feel like people don't realize how little attachment we actually have to those ideas. I mean, there are definitely ideas that stick that we're like, all right, I need to make this happen. But most of the ideas that we have, it's more so just a general need to explore the idea than really to be attached. I feel like NI is definitely much more attached yeah. to their ideas. Mm -hmm. NI is just like, okay, here's the ideas. And once it's out, I mean, oftentimes it's more exciting that we've talked about the potential of the idea yeah. than actually making the idea happen. Yeah. There's a really good, I don't know how many people watch Friends, but I'm fairly certain Phoebe is an ENFP, right? Right. And there's an episode where she's kind of picking on Monica and Rachel, and she's saying Rachel's a pushover. She's saying Monica's, um, I forget what the word is, it, it, not a bully, but she was calling her like just blanking on what she called her. But anyway. And they take it to heart and they get so upset and very end, like, yeah, but you're flaky. And she's like, oh, I guess I am. They're like, but you're supposed to get mad at that. She's like, why? And they're like, well, you called us this. It's like, well, who cares? Exactly what I already know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, if I'm saying it, you probably are that way. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Great talk, guys. And so, on the topic that Deb was talking about, how any if they're not allowed to talk, it feels like a hose that water is bottled up inside. So I was wondering, do you ever feel like you have to hold yourself back or like you feel like you're too much for other people? Constantly. Yeah. It's like yeah. my entire All the life time. story. All the, All, time. The time. All the time. All the time. And then I beat myself up about it too. I'm like, well, I want to talk about this, but I don't want to annoy this person and make them mad. So I'm just not yeah. because maybe I'm just being too emotional or like too me, too extra, too whatever. And I express myself out about it. Yeah. And then people are I, like, just be yourself. Stop. Yeah. Like, why? Why are you doing that? You're beating yourself up about it for no reason. Yeah. I think for me, it's more of like, it. it's to the point, I don't know if this has to do with age and just like what you've gone through and stuff, but it's now more of a prominent thing for me. Like, I need to be this way. And then whatever doesn't align with me can just leave. <laughs> like, I owe that to myself now. And I think I've really embraced yeah. my by uh, leading with my extroverted intuition because mm -hmm. I've also, again, framed it within a boundary. Like I've become more aware of those things now too. It's like what we were speaking about before and it's well reciprocated and I just want everyone to be themselves and feel free to be that way. And we talked about this on another panel before. It's like when we see sides to a person and then in a different scenario, they're a different way. We're, we're like, whoa, is that the same person? Or like they, they're not always this way, whereas we kind of like want to be that ourselves. We always want to be ourselves mm -hmm. and be around people that make us feel that way. So it's very weird to me. It's interesting, not weird, but to see people shape shift in that sense. Whereas I think mm -hmm. we kind of just 
tone down. We don't necessarily change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as Nanogram three, I I shape shift a lot. I I, that's and also my age related, but I I I shape shifted so many times until I became a mom, and then I got a backbone. So I think it might be tied to Enneagram type on top of the ENFP. It's one of my major character failings. That for FE too, which it's not though. You know, I think a lot of the time people want to mistype that as FE, but it's not. It's very much identity. Uh Two things I I see associated with FE that are very not true is that FE is the only shapeshifter. I find that people who are doubling down momentarily on their extroverted functions are going to shapeshift to their environment in general. And so it's not just an FE thing, it's it's also an extroverted function thing. Extroverted functions can be shapeshifters when they wanna like adapt to their environment. And Mm -hmm. so another thing that's attributed to FE, but it's not always, is uh, boundaries. So, you know, FE doms get the rep for having bad boundaries. But I think like, okay, feeling types, like I I see the F types generally have bad boundaries too. (laughs) So what is everyone's relationship with boundaries? Well, why call it bad boundaries? We just have flexible boundaries that who says they're bad. So, I mean, just that very term is, is, and I'm not criticizing you at all, Joyce, but boundaries are a tool, you know, to be used for the situation. So they're flexible is how I approach it. Yeah. Totally. I think boundaries, we need to, we need to reframe it in the sense that it's not going to hinder us. It's actually going to protect us. It's for mm-hmm. us. And then we're not in these scenarios or situations where people are affecting our experience and, and how we feel. And that's what's most important. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I feel like flexible boundaries is very like NE or like SE. Like it's just this openness to perceiving things. <laughs> and, and so what I was trying to get at with my question was that I noticed a trait in some ENFPs is that they can jump into relationships quickly. And, and so this could be, this is like what I see as the boundary setting that sometimes needs to be worked on. Like they'll get excited by, about a person and then they'll, they'll go all in. And then sometimes it'll be a toxic relationship, but then it's like, oops. And then, cause then the ENFP, I don't know, they, they care a lot about, about the other person. And so it's hard to even like cut them off sometimes because like you're, you're still worrying about them too. And so, mm-hmm. Any, any thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I've done a lot of work um, just on my own and then with boundaries. And I have just, I've kind of learned um, that bound, I actually, I really, I, I also really like people who have their own boundaries because at least you know, yeah. you, you don't have to second guess whether you're crossing a line. You know what, you know what parameters are. Mm-hmm. And, um, so for me, I, I like just to communicate things because it's, it's, you know, it's, hey, I, you want to do this at this time? You no, know, I, I can do it until this time or I can do, um, I'm having a really hard time thinking of an example right now. But I find it, I, I find that the more I've introduced boundaries and it's a nice way, you don't have to be, it, I think sometimes boundaries kind of gets the connotation that it's mean or I'm in charge. It's not that. It's just saying, hey, okay, well. Um, yeah, I'll go to dinner with you. I have to be home by nine because I have to work the next day and I need my sleep. Okay. You know, yeah. it's instead of going, oh, I'll go out and they want you to stay out later and you're like really want to go home. But then like, and then later you don't want to go out with them again because you went to bed late when really it was your job just to say, hey, I need to be home by nine. When you just communicate your needs to other people um, mm-hmm. and when they do the same, then your relationships can flourish. Yep. 
I know I'm I, around the right people when I don't have to fight constantly fight for my boundaries. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's something a lot of people can take advantage of when with NFs. Yeah. Just like their flexibility and kindness there. Yes. Or willingness to try to understand. Yeah. I, I was wondering though, like, doesn't the willingness to understand sometimes put you accidentally put yourself into bad situations because you're oh, kind of sure. seeing you're seeing the potential in the other person. And yeah. so you wanna you wanna help them with that and then it can cause like something yeah. that's not profitable for you sometimes. It does because then Absolutely. you basically abandon your entire sense of self with that because you're out looking into the possibilities as to why something is the way it is and how you can maybe make a difference in that. And it's it's big in in relationships too for me, whereas I find friends it's not as bad, but I know in the past I've been the type to like just drop everything and like show up for this person because it's like you're so in tune with that experience, but that I didn't realize it's so it feels authentic to do that in that moment, but then you realize, oh my God, my sense of self is completely gone. So it becomes a little codependent too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I noticed with NFs, like there's an idealism and that idealism can sometimes cause bad boundaries. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Can I ask a question about that? Um, what about knowing your own needs? Like I have a really hard time knowing what I want or need and I mm -hmm. attribute that to FI, like sort of being invisible sometimes yeah. um, or I have to try it to know. Do, do, do you guys like, is that an ENFP thing? I think I don't usually know what I want until after it's happened and then i retroactively can review and be like huh you know what now that i think about it more i think i got a little carried away and a little too excited now i'm a little upset that i let that happen <laughs> it's a lot mm -hmm. of trial and error you know yeah. i agree with what you both said and so it's just saying huh okay well going forward i'm not going to do that again you know just because yeah. it doesn't work for me but yeah. i i think boundaries yeah. for me right now is learning that I'm not always going to show up the same exact way in every situation or like in every social situation and uh, and be, me being okay with that. Because I always feel like I, if I can like be my best self or whatever, if I can bring everybody up, if I can show up a certain way, if I can be open to every conversation, then that's a good thing. But sometimes I just, I can't have all those high expectations of myself. I'm like, usually I show up anyway, but like, the freedom of not having that like mental tether to like showing up a certain way in every situation has been like really good for me. Yeah. Um, I was raised on a lot of my, my FI Dom grandparents uh, always taught me you can't help other people unless you have enough to actually give. Like you can't give people anything if you don't have anything to give. And I feel like that was always a really important lesson for me because I'll, always give 110% of myself to literally every single person that I meet. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how well I know you. I'll give you all that I can. And learning that I can't always do that because I don't have the mental capacity to do that. It's not healthy for me to do that. And I'm not going to be the same person that you'll need me to be tomorrow mm -hmm. if I mess that up. Yeah, I feel like, like that's feelers on a whole are really relational. And so they'll do a lot for their relationships for them to be as best as they can be. And so that can lead to a lot of things, good and bad. And thank you all for sharing your experience. <laughs> and so my next topic for you guys is what is your relationship with focus? Uh, <laughs> I have <hate> <laughs> 
Uh, I make lists. I have learned, um, I'm in my thirties, so, um, which is not old, but I just have more time than others on the call. So um, I've learned that if I just make a list, cause I'll forget that I'll go back and go, yeah, I wrote that down. I got it, you know, it might take me all day to do it, but at least I'll remember to get it done because I wrote it down. Yeah, the TV to-do list. Yes. Yeah. Uh, list I usually forget my list. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I have it all, I have it all over my walls. Yeah. All over my walls. I'm like very intensely focused, but also like, but it's not like a traditional consecutive focus. It's like a spiral of like the different things I'm looking at. So it doesn't it doesn't look yeah. the same as what most people would call yeah. focus. Like it's a weird like like I have ADHD and I have like one of the major aspects I have of it is the hyper focus. Like I can't snap out of it when I'm like in my one of my rabbit holes, which is most of my life just rabbit holes <laughs> but yeah the te lists like were like revolutionary for me when i figured out oh hey i can work back from time and write out things i need to do and just put it all over my wall because it's extrovertedly out there for me yes. to perceive yeah yes i think for us i mean i speak for myself but i'm i'm guessing this is probably the case for many that um focus comes in very short periods of time, short bursts of energy. And um, this, um, this idea that you can just show up and have a sustained amount of focus every single day at the same time is so absurd for an ENFP because um, we rely so much on external stimuli, you know, to like give us inspiration. And also when it comes to exploring our ideas there's a lot of play involved there's a lot of throwing ideas into the world and seeing what comes back so um those conditions are not always present like they happen when they happen and so then it generates like a certain type of focus that comes from the excitement of being able to pursue the idea being able to be in the flow state i mean i think the key for us is finding what is our flow state and how can we do that as much as possible in our lives? But it's very difficult, you know? Yeah. That's so true. And so my next question for you guys is, do people find you opinionated? Yes. Yep. Very much so. Absolutely. I feel like um, people, as I've got older, I feel like I'm not as opinionated. I might be wrong on that, but I feel like I was way more outspoken when I was younger. Yeah, and yeah. way more opinionated back then. Um, I don't necessarily know if I was exactly healthy back then, um, but I feel like as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I don't even care. Like there'll be like, you know, we have all this stuff going on with like politics in the world and everything. And I'm like, I just like type, 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 type. And then I'm like, no, not even worth it. And then delete and then type, 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 type. And then be like, no, they're not worth it again. Like I'm not even gonna put in the energy yes. towards it. It's just exhausting. So maybe not so much anymore for me, but old Kelsey, a long time ago, younger Kelsey definitely would have been like, I don't care. I'm gonna give you my opinion and it doesn't matter what anyone else says or thinks about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I most likely have an opinion. I've always Probably. been communicated uh, enough that like, people will come to me to help shape their own opinions. Like, they'll be like, I don't really have an opinion on this, but I know for a fact that you do. Can you help me? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. 
and I give them whatever I think. Yeah. I think we appreciate I, too just being respected for our opinion. And not, it's not always having people agree with it, but having someone to at least be able to reciprocate, like, wow, I like how you see this specific thing in this facet. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like, people ask me about something or, like, bring up a topic, and I'll, I'll have already read about it at some point, but I don't mention that. And I just start going off, like, because that's what my brain does, like, <laughs> on, like, analyzing an aspect or criticizing an aspect of it. And they think that's my, like, opinion on it yes, and, yes or that i'm trying to push something an agenda there and i'm i'm yeah. actually not at all like i sound a lot more sure of myself that i'm actually like <laughs> than i actually am i'm just sitting there like mm -hmm. i don't know like looking at it from different angles going like well maybe or you know that sounds stupid <laughs> i find sometimes i have a hard time explaining an opinion like sometimes it's political or whatever because i feel like there's often like three or four components that go into the basket of that opinion. So you're like, okay, well, give me time to like, cause sometimes people want to brush in and argue with you. So I'm like, just give me the space to explain what all is in there. And then you can argue with me, but okay, here's part one, two, three, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm like that yeah, there's, too. There's so many parts. And they want yeah. you to do a lot it their of, way too. Right. A lot of the yeah. things that people want you to have an opinion about or invite you to have an opinion about, I don't have a interest in having a conversation in either too. Like religion, <laughs> like politics, like all kind of stuff. And I'm just like, I don't want to talk to you about that anyway. So it doesn't, it doesn't get us anywhere. <laughs> like, it doesn't change anything. Like, I, it, yeah, I don't. I don't care to talk to you about this. So, like, I'd rather talk about something that's more stimulating for me. It's less stimulating mm -hmm. for me to talk about that. There's almost like two sorts of opinions. One is like my personal beliefs that is nobody's business, and I'm not going to talk about it. And the other is like just sort of poking and playing devil's advocate to make sure their thinking is big yeah. enough and to see if yeah. anything else new. Yes. And there's two very distinct <laughs> states. And if people don't understand that about us, they're very confused. They're like surprised they don't know everything about us because we got a whole secret side that nobody knows anything totally. about. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. I am a firm yeah. believer that ENFPs are just as much of devil's advocates as ENTPs are. We just do it oh, from yeah. the moral side. When we're talking about like, is I, this the right thing to do? Like, yeah. what do you think about this? Why do you think that? Have you thought about this? Yeah. I completely agree. Yes. 100%. We just, we just come in a little fluffier. Yeah. <laughs> little seeds, yeah. little seeds of thought. In terms of being opinionated in general, it also ties into the boundaries conversation because if we've set a boundary with somebody and well boundaries are different when you're talking about like relationships versus just social interaction in general but um in social interaction terms if we've set a boundary with someone like we were we were discussing when your your super interested super engaging self kind of turns off for certain people that you're not connecting with totally and you kind of operate on this this robotic level almost i would i would say for me um where i'm reserving all my exciting stuff and all my interesting stuff for somebody who actually cares and, and can see it and can access it yeah um in in that case um, i'm not going to share my opinions i'm not interested because i'm not interested in the person's response i'm not interested in what they think about the opinion I don't yep. usually have much of an interest in their opinion in that case. And hopefully right. those social interactions are very limited because yeah. I don't really want to be in that situation ever. Yeah, be sugar but 
that's yeah, actually like, like, right because we're like i only have so many minutes to live my life like i don't want to spend yeah. them keeping them with you like you saw <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. like i don't even so i don't even mind my opinions being debunked as long as you can like give me something better and like line it up for me but i also oh, have yeah. to like yeah. know that i that the person doing it like sees where i'm coming from respects the idea respects the opinion and we'll yeah we'll like make it make sure it like makes sense we don't have to agree on the same thing but just be like okay like we're fine with each other we don't have to agree on it but we're still good like those kind of people i can just get along with more too like you don't have to agree with me you don't have to see my side of it but at least you listen and that's yeah. really all i care about me too i actually really like when people have different opinions than me um i i'm actually drawn more to people who have different opinions than people who have the same yeah. however conversations are much easier with people who have the same yeah. opinion yeah i love talking to um nfps especially because we often just start talking about things that we like and it just gets down these spirals of like oh let's explore like how awesome this is and then there's like hardly any negative to it um so those are a lot easier but uh, I don't think I like those as much as conversations with people who have differing opinions than me that help me grow and expand my own opinion. Yeah, that's so true, Michelle. And my ENFP best friend also likes people with contrasting opinions than hers. And that's why she has a very eccentric, odd group of friends, like from different backgrounds. Because like, mm. there's a saying like birds of a feather flock together. She hates that. She wants like different birds from different flocks. And then so she can learn about different ways of life mm, from them. Yeah. And so my question for you guys is, do you guys have an a, like an eccentric group of friends? Do you have like... Mm. <laughs> a weird friend group people would think uh i don't have like group well it's probably like social instinct last talking maybe but i think it's also a little bit of an enfp thing where i don't have like one solid group that i just spend years and years <laughs> hanging out with like i have a lot of i have a number of friends spread out everywhere me too yeah, yeah like yeah. my, my I, you can name two people i'm best friends with and they're not necessarily they don't necessarily know each other you know Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Right. That's super ENFP. Yeah. And you have safe, safe people that you can like come back to through life. Yeah. You're like, yeah. why like yeah. this person from this time and this person from this time? If I put all my friends in the same room, they would be completely baffled by each other. Um, but I can yes. handle follow them. Yeah. Nope. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> my my ENFP is like like she has so many friends from different places. Like she doesn't she like she doesn't get them together because they're so weird together that she's like okay she keeps them yeah. apart. But it's like really cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't have very many long term friends. Like that's hard for me to maintain uh, because something that ends up happening to me is that people become not boring, but I feel like I've learned as much as I can. And at this point, we're just talking about what they've done in the day or week. And then, you know, we might as well just like wait six months or a year until we talk again so we actually have a conversation because yeah. like at a certain point i'd rather meet new people with different backgrounds that have more interesting stuff to fuel into my mind than the same people not to say that there aren't consistent people there's just a lot less of them than the i consider most people acquaintances that i like <laughs> yeah yeah I think when I was yeah. uh, younger, yeah. I was very excited to meet people from different walks of life. And while I still am, I'm a lot more selective now just because I think 
it's very easy for people to take our energy because we so freely give it and because it's it's not even necessarily that we're over giving because of the whatever oriana if you would say the type two thing or whatever but um it's more just that we're so fascinated by people it can be to an exhausting extent because people are endlessly interesting if you find the right ones mm -hmm. so i have a very disparate group of friends but i mean network of friends but when it comes to people i actually really spend my time with now it's very very small and limited i don't want to disappoint people i have like a really wide diverse group of friends but the same thing of certain people just drain your energy a lot faster and i do need to be more protective of that like i may be extroverted i may want to make as many friends as possible but some people are just not good energy to have around for a long time. Um, I think that's a lot of my SX is me being more selective about that uh, because you really only want that more like personal connection. And if somebody is not able to give that, then I'm kind of like, what's the point in developing or putting in so much effort into a conversation that I know I have no genuine interest in. Yeah, it's yeah. so easy to waste that energy. And I think I see the ESFP that I'm with does this more where I'm like, I'm like, why can't you just not care about all these random people? But to them, it's the <laughs> sensation of the people being around. Um, mm -hmm. But an INT, being with an INTJ for three years totally taught me a lot more about smaller inner circles. <laughs> Hmm. I think I worry that people are going to get attached to me and then I can't be consistently around. So yeah, I'm like, exactly. I, I don't want to hang way. out because you guys are going to think I'm fun and then I can't hang out anymore. Yes. <laughs> that's that's yeah. true exactly. though. Like I feel like or that you're going to lose interest in them. It's not, yeah, it's like, sometimes it's like situational. Like I just, I feel like I'll meet people through, I don't know, like Milo will be doing softball and like a mom will be fun. I'm like, you're pretty cool. <laughs> like, I don't people because I just like, hanging out is so awkward because you never know. Like I never know what I'm going to be experiencing emotionally like that day. It's annoying for me to even say, but like, the end of my work week, sometimes I'm just like, I have to sit and like nothing in the world is going to bring me out. I don't want to be seen as somebody who just wouldn't come somewhere. So I'm just very like reclusive right now uh, until I figure out like how to better manage my energy. Yeah, I think it's nice having people that we can just like drop in and out with. And like they know after years, like you don't have to like go, hey, how are you? And then and then say something because that sounds so gross to me. I'd rather just drop in their yeah. DMs like, hey, yada yada yada. You know, I traveled here and we did this. And what are you up to? And you kind of just pick up where you left off. I like those kinds of people. Yes. Yeah. Or like send them a screenshot of something. You're like, did you see this shit? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and so Aisha, you brought up a really interesting point about how like people get attached to ENFPs. I see that to be really true. Like ENFPs are good at holding space for people's FI and they're good at like seeming genuinely interested and curious in other people. And like they see the, the, the best in people too. And so the, what it causes is that sometimes people like get attached really quickly. So my next, that brings us on to our, my next question for you guys, which is like, 
do people ever mistaken your friendliness and curiosity as flirtatiousness or as like genuine bond? <laughs> All mm. the yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's true. So, yeah. Constantly. And some, sometimes I feel like that's a stereotype that's just uh, pretty much across the board true. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah through high school, college, my ENFP would have so many people falling in love with her. And she's like, oh no. And what would happen is like, she didn't want to hurt their feelings. So she would try to like wait until their feelings like dwindled off. So it's like the, their F, her FI doesn't want to hurt someone else's FI. So she's stuck in a really awkward situation she didn't want to put herself in. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, what's really funny though is I, when I try to flirt, when there's actually someone I want to flirt with, I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> I have no idea how to do it, but when I'm just talking, like, hey, we're friends, yeah. they fall in love with yep. me. I'm like, why? <laughs> I think I become more exactly. when I'm in, have a crush. Like, I become very, like, giddy and just kind of, like, ha, 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 like, kind of very... Yeah, I turn into, like, I turn into, I like, a total... Right yeah. Yeah. I, to yeah. To I turn into a total, like, <laughs> Don Deere anime girl, like... <laughs> <laughs> It's like that meme. Cry. Yeah, exactly. Like There's a meme that's like when a guy when a guy actually shows interest in me and the other person's like, "Sir, are you lost? <laughs> Can I help you find where you're going?" That's like yeah. one of those moments where you're like, "If you really knew me, you would know that you don't even like me anyway." <laughs> like that voice comes in. Oh. Yep. Actually, though, that reminds me. Like, do any of you guys feel like if anybody really did know you, they wouldn't like you? Because we have this really deep, dark side of us. Does I know that? Yeah. So, okay. Mm -hmm. It is an ENFP well, thing. Okay. The opposite. <laughs> like you don't have to do anything with it. We don't want to change it. We just appreciate people that hold space for everything. Because that's what we do. Yeah. Because like, like, we do it so many clubs. If I had to like wear kitty gloves to introduce parts of myself to you, like <laughs> to make sure like you can handle it, then I don't I don't want to waste my time. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like what like my ENFP is in our relationship, and like so right now like she's going through like like she's going through her own dark things right now, and she's like she told her boyfriend like uh, if you see this dark part of me and you want to break up with me, I wouldn't blame you. So like, you're right, Deb. I think it's an ENFP thing. <laughs> I always feel like it's so rare that somebody actually does um, get to that level that I actually almost want to think the opposite. Like if they really saw the inner me, they would love me, mm -hmm. but they'll probably never get there, you know, or very true. I wish they could, but they, they maybe don't have the capacity or, and that sounds so pretentious. I don't mean it like that at all. No, I know what you but, mean. It's I know what you mean though. Their limitation or our limitation and what presents itself within that dynamic, that relationship. It's like a video game. It's like, if you want to get to the highest level, you have to level up. You have to complete challenges. Right. Yes. Yeah. You have to access and also things. bother to ask questions too. Oh yeah, my God. Are yeah. that, that thing that's yeah. like, when you don't have me at this, you can't have me at this. We're all of those damn phrases. Yeah. We always want to show everybody when we're being so nasty so that we feel accepted always. Like, I just don't want to slight anyone or something when I'm being a bee. Cause I just, I want to be a sweetheart all the time, but I'm not. 
But Mandy, what you said was so sweet. So does everybody think that you actually have a sweet spot that most people don't know? Yeah. Like this really tender... I've never said this out loud, by the way. Like, Mandy, you just totally knit. Like, do you all feel that? Like, you have this really... I do. Not, everyone's not in quite like yet. Yeah. Like, I feel like INFPs wear it on their sleeve a bit, um, which is weird because they're FI dominant. So how is... <laughs> like, well, okay, they don't wear it on their sleeve, but they kind of embody it. That's a better yeah. way to say it. Yeah. They yes. don't... They're not trying to reveal it. They just exude it. And I've always been so envious of that because it's like they have such a beautiful like feminine vulnerability about them that seems to drive men crazy first of all and also just is such a nice quality and i being brought up with an istj mother and being very te heavy like pretty much all the time like it's so special when a guy can actually make me feel that way yeah. so i like i don't know i yeah. i think of it in romantic terms but like like my ESFP, for some reason, the dynamic is such that I'm very like in my feminine, girly, giggly, FI, happy self, you know, which is really nice. Yeah, that's a really good point. So my ENFP, she went through a phase where like, um, she realized like, sh she couldn't be safe being that tender, soft-hearted part of her. So what she did is she doubled down on her TE. And so she became more independent, but she doesn't like staying that state. And so she wants yeah. to be with someone who brings out the more mm -hmm. tender and, and vulnerable and yeah. part of her. Yeah. It's like, I want to be, I want to be allowed to be that way. Like exactly. I want to feel okay to be that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If somebody's able to see that in you, then you have permission to be it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know about good. you guys, but I always get told like, oh, you're so strong, you're so independent and blah, 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 blah. And like, I admire you. And I'm like, but I don't always want to be like, I don't want to have to be this strong person all the time and whatever. <laughs> so it's like when you have someone in your life that is like, holy crap, I can breathe. Like you feel like home. Like I don't yeah. have to like be the protector of the home. Like you're here and that's your natural being and it makes me feel so like great like i'm I, my head's above water finally and i can breathe yeah yeah and like even just people i don't know i even have people sit there and say like i wish you would like express your feelings more and i think well i need well you can't just say well, express your feelings and i'll be like cool like i need someone to like in a masculine way harness and direct my like all that any energy I have so that I like feel like okay I like okay, here we are yeah I actually don't have that problem I like am un unabashedly myself all the time because I feel like that would be a disservice to mm -hmm. myself and a disservice to the people around me if I don't let them know who I am um also because if somebody doesn't like it, then great. Like we both know that we don't like each other. It's fine. Like we'll move on from life. So I don't really great. have a moment of like not wanting to be like emotional or not wanting to be like, I may tone down the NE a little bit because I know that NE can drive people like wild, but um, the like my FI or like being emotional or being soft or gentle, like I feel the world needs more of that. And I feel that people need to be more themselves. Like, yeah. I like the, the more, like, 
devoted to that and it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really awesome. I, yeah, I think that yeah. I have uh, personally been hurt too many times by people that I thought that I could open up to, um, especially when I was younger, like in my, you know, elementary school, middle school age range because I moved and because I was around a bunch of people and I thought I could continue to just be open. Mm -hmm. uh, that like, because of how many times I've been hurt by people when I did share my emotions at this point, um, it like I, there's, I mean, my boyfriend knows my true emotions and my sister knows quite a bit of my true emotions, but I don't even tell her everything. I don't actually have anyone except for my boyfriend that I actually feel like I can talk about any feeling. Mm. So my question for you, Michelle, is do you see people as acquaintances that you're like that you talk to a lot because you have gotten hurt so in your FI so much that you don't open up about your FI and not not talking about your FI makes you feel more distant from people? I definitely think that that's an aspect of it. Um, and in order to feel comfortable sharing with people, I kind of run them through tests, sort of speak, um, where I test how much information I can give them. And if anyone else finds out that information or um, mm -hmm. if they use that against me, that kind of stuff I'm paying attention to, even if it's lighthearted, if they bring it out in public thinking that it was okay, then like they don't understand the boundaries and I can't trust them with anything that's more substantial. Because for me, when somebody tells me a secret, that is 100% a secret and I'm not telling anybody and there's nothing you can do to convince me to share the secret with anyone. The only person I'll tell is my boyfriend because he's not gonna tell anybody and I just need to sometimes <laughs> process what other people tell me yeah. because my goodness. Um, but yeah, I mean, if somebody tells me a secret, it's a secret and when other people don't respect that, it uh, I, I lose respect for them if they can't keep a secret. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. You can tell how jaded an ENFP is depending on how cautious they are by, by who they let in their FI. So Michelle just talked about her multi-step test. That just shows like the level of jadedness, <laughs> the, how so high true. it goes. Yeah. Also, also, like I exp I'm expressing my FI a lot through my passions. Like if I'm sharing my passions with you, like that, like to me, that feels like I'm sharing my feelings a lot of times mm -hmm. or like giving you an opening yes. into it. So when you kind of sit there and just dismiss it or like, be like, why does she keep talking about this stuff? I don't want to hear it. And then like, <laughs> like, you're not, you're not, you're not getting the uh, hint here. <laughs> Sometimes to, people surprise you. Like the, peop the people that I bring in surprise me. I'm like, oh, I guess I like you. I'm telling you all kind of shit. Like, I don't even. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. Sometimes <laughs> I just feel good about them. Do you yeah. ever feel like people say that to you a lot? Like, I can't believe oh I'm telling you this. Gosh. I don't even know you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, constantly. Yes, absolutely. All the time. Because Especially INFJs, they'll like tell you stuff that they'll like open up to you and then later be like, I, I didn't mean any of it. Like, but <laughs> you did, though. No, you did. Yeah, and like, <laughs> and like, and like, you could tell me just about anything like and i would not care like i would just be like cool like that's your journey like i don't i don't judge that <laughs> and if you tell me don't say anything like i won't pretty much right. i don't know why but i've always been that way like i've heard some crazy stuff and it just doesn't doesn't bother me i'm not sitting there like deciding that it's wrong one way or another yeah yeah like that's your feelings that's your thoughts whatever yeah, I feel like I'm that way too, just because like, I have told people stuff and then they go out and like, 
you thought you were safe with that person and they tell the world mm-hmm. and you're like, well, what the hell? Oh, so it's like when people bro. come to me and they tell me something, I'm like, oh yeah, it's none of my business. I'm not going to tell other people like your mm-hmm. secret's safe with me because I know how that feels and I get it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 Wow. You guys really like to honor other people's secrets. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry that other people haven't proven otherwise. And so my next question for you guys is, what is your opinion on pants? Do you love them or do you hate them? Are you wearing pants right now or are you wearing leggings? I'm not, but I'm wearing shorts. <laughs> Aren't leggings I have jeans <laughs> on for the first time in a while and it's feeling right. Like I might do something today. Leggings or pants? I love them. I love to wear pants because I sit weird. I can't ever sit yeah. the proper way. I love to squat on the ground a lot, no matter where I am. So even when I'm wearing a dress, I have to like wear yep. shorts or something. I do think just so I can like mm-hmm. sit. However, yeah. but I really like this really easy to put on. Yeah. So I don't right. mind minimal pants. Do you have jeans? I can't. What I love about ENFP women is that every single one that I know is feminine, but at the same time so casual and so comfortable around other people that just like we're so ourselves um i have an enfp friend who makes me laugh more than anyone in the world and um she's just she can go from being like this beautiful lovely flower to this i don't know what that is like pretty quickly (laughs) (laughs) and she's she's so funny and but she's also she's hilarious but she's also so lovely and it's just such a weird combination that is just I love I love yeah. ENFPs for that. Yeah. And in a classic ENFP mishearing, I thought you were saying, Joyce, how do I feel about Pence, P-E-N-C-E, our vice president? So I was very confused by the question. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking earlier offline choice, how ENFPs <laughs> just don't hear things sometimes because our brains are someplace else. So that was a really good example that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, pants, like variety of pants, like a type of pants, or just in general pants. It's it's pants that are actually pants. So it's funny. Like the reason why I asked is because it's I prefer I've been pantsless told world. That you prefer a pantsless world. That's funny. And, and so the reason That's why beautiful. I asked, That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is very beautiful. Is that ENFPs are known for not liking pants and so here I've, so i've been trying to collect consensus <laughs> okay. and so, so i've been asking people so i asked we don't like restrictions people, yeah, yeah yeah like enfps like freedom and sometimes like when they it goes down to their pants you know but, but some of them like <laughs> the ultimate freedom <laughs> so basically i i asked heidi parib no if pants. she liked pants or not like the enfp and she was like I hate them. I feel so seen, Joyce. <laughs> I like leggings. I love leggings. leggings. Yeah. But I always yeah. consider Nobody that is wearing pants on this I video. Because I always thought those were pants. So I've learned something new about myself today. Not pants. Yep. I like, sometimes put pants on in the, like, thinking that'll make me want to do something. I'm like, okay, I have pants on today. I'm doing something. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A good life hack to dress up so y- your mind is like, oh, I'm going to do something today because I-, I already dressed up. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's funny. I, I asked my ENFP um, if she liked pants and she said yes. 
And I went like, okay. And so I went through her entire wardrobe. She doesn't have a single pair of pants. And I'm like, uh, you love oh pants? You never wear pants? I'm like, so, <laughs> so like she has, she has leggings that look like pants, but they're not pants. And I'm like, that doesn't count. Like it has to be like legit, like restrictive, like pants, you know? Oh, how they do like, do jeans count as pants? Yeah. Jeans yeah. are. Jeggings would not. I have jeggings. Jeans count. Jeggings don't. So when I, I have one. I have one pair of pants. One. I think I have one pair too. When I first tried on jeggings, it was like I don't know, 2010 probably. When I found out these things existed, I was like, why does anyone wear jeans? Like you can't bend your legs in jeans. <laughs> Why would you wear these things when you could yeah. have jeggings? <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, ever since, yeah. no, my butt looks so good in. <laughs> See, but there's a utility to wearing jeans for you. It sounds exactly. Like. Would you wear them just to lounge around the house? No. No way in hell. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. no that I better um, be, I be, be free to bend. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a, a hook by the door just for pants. Come in the door, pants off immediately. I agree with H. There's some pants I'll wear because my butt looks good in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it seems like if the pants are beautiful, then you like it. If if they're just inflexible and like they were yeah. inflexible, <laughs> like. <laughs> There's purpose to pants. There's purpose. If the pants are ISTJs, <laughs> in <flexible. laughs> and, and so, <laughs> yeah, and, and so the trend I'm getting out of this is that like, ENFPs, like sometimes there's a subconscious need to get freedom in certain places, even when it goes down to clothing. Like you might have different types of clothing that give you different types of freedom, but it, some ENFPs can love or hate a certain clothing piece, but yeah. um, a certain trend is that ENFPs, if something feels like it's restricting their freedom, they don't like it. And you have different ways of interpreting what that is. And mm -hmm. cool. And so my next question for you guys is, do you guys have a playful or and mischievous sh side that likes Very to mix much. things up? Yeah, I do. Yeah. My, my mom calls me, besides my name, her two nicknames for me are Sweetness and Brat, because that's usually mm -hmm. one of the two. <laughs> like I'll just say something like just to get her going and she's like you don't have to be a brat and I'm like yeah yes I do <laughs> oh, yeah, I my love scandalizing my... my ISTJ mom it's so fun yeah my ESTP mom so named my other half when I was like two she named her Ursula <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so, I, I didn't realize how much as an F with FI I provoke other people to see their reaction so it's not quite being playful, mischievous. It's sort of like being provocative. And I did not see it in myself. And I heard it on a recording. I literally was provoking my son an hour later. I'm like, I did not realize I did this. So do you guys provoke or like, yeah, yeah. yeah. just to see like, and yeah, just oh, yeah. to get a reaction. Testing yeah. boundaries. Yep. It's exploration. Challenges are fun. Yeah. They like you know. challenge our NE to look at things differently. Like our FI has whatever it is and then whatever we believe and then our any is like okay but what can what else can we do with that so if we challenge people and we make them angry then it's it's a game yeah it's fine yeah well i'm not like literally trying to piss anyone <laughs> yeah, off it's or not like boundaries like like if you like if you like react back like okay now stop then I'm, then i will but like 
I'm, I'm definitely trying to play and I'm definitely trying to like see something from another angle. Yeah. And this goes back to what I think. I don't know if I said this while we were recording because we talked for quite a while before, but ENFPs are just as much devil's advocates as ENTPs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you've yeah. been in any of the forums or any of the Facebook groups, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> I get more arguments from other ENFPs than any of the thinkers combined <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And it goes back to the questioning too. Like sometimes ENFPs will kind of see like, oh, that that area can make more like sense in an NE way because you're trying to explore the idea out loud because you're brainstorming with the NE and you're you're just going bouncing ideas with that person. And so the bouncing ideas can be very devil's advocate. So the NE can just be very devil's advocate. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I feel a little cool. bad when people think I'm like attacking their opinion or like personal value because I'm definitely not. Yeah. I'm definitely just like playing the, the devil's advocate what if game. <laughs> and I'd be looking for like people's backbone, like where is their core value, their line that they will not cross. <clears throat> and I think it's a very FI thing to be looking for because not everybody has that. But I want to know where, how far can I push you and where will you stop? Because I want to know how strong you are. So I don't know if that's an ENFP thing or just a, a three thing. That's yeah. like a type eight thing almost, <laughs> yeah. I would say. They like to like, they like to push you and see where you're at, if you can meet them at their level and all that stuff. EPs are also known generally as boundary pushers too. So that would make sense too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the way that- Joel and Antonia describe like exploration being a process of hacking through the world with a machete and like finding new stuff. It makes sense. I mean, boundary pushing in general makes sense in that context because you're looking to explore, expand the boundaries. Yeah. And and so my next question for you guys is, what are some famous or fictional ENFPs you know about or people you suspect to be ENFP? Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> Tupac's my favorite ENFP. Tupac. I know. Um, um, Lorelai Gilmore from the Gilmore Girls. I, I always identified with her even before I knew about MBTI. Uh, I this is a type that is widely uh, disagreed with. People think that she's an INFJ or whatever. But Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice, oh, yes, hundred percent relate to her so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, I know I uh, Jessica Day from New Girl is like an. I was going to say the too. same thing. Yes, people yeah. people yeah. who mm-hmm. meet me often relate me to the actress. What's her name? Zoe Deschanel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. people yeah, always compare too. me to her. <laughs> I get that all the time. All Same. the time. She's just like so quintessential so ENFP. Okay yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love her cute like musicalness. She's adorable. <laughs> I think Alicia Silverstone um, is an ENFP in real life, but also her character in Clueless yes. in the 90s. Um, it's tempting to look at that and be like, oh, obviously like ESFP or something, but there's, but something about her like uh she kind of has this reformer attitude and obviously it's it's that was written um in parallel with um emma was it yeah Yeah, so like it's interesting someone who i think is an enfp 
but um, they get typed as a ESFP or ESTP a lot, is Jenna Marbles. Like, yes, she's oh, my queen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the way that she left YouTube is just like quintessential ENFP. Like she's just yeah. like, all right, she let left. me take accountability for absolutely everything that I did. I don't like any of this. I've taken it all down, but that's not enough. So I'm stepping away. I don't want to hurt anyone. And like just the way she went about it, was just so beautiful and people want to people even type her as an ENTJ and I'm just like what? <laughs> no way yeah. yeah yeah I think that she's an ENFP and one of the proofs I have is her avocado video where she was just purely ranting about avocados sometimes ENFPs they just have this like topic that they're really passionate about that's very NE and then they'll go like okay I can give you 10 billion reasons. I don't know, Shannon always does it with me. And so e even Shannon ranted about avocados to me once. Like, yeah, in, which was weird. And then I saw that video was like, um, I think, <laughs> I think even if you compare her to Julian, who I do think is in the SFP, like if you compare the two of them, Julian is so much more in your face than she is. Like she's much more laid back than he is. And she like really leans into the Virgo, which I appreciate as also I am a Virgo ENFP. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, maybe they Happy might birthday. Be thinking oh, thanks. because like of her like her dedication to working out and the exercise science degree. But I mean, I'm in some very SE professions and like I, I'm there's just a huge difference. It's like the gracefulness with the uh, and the noticing of things um, in the sensory. I did notice that she doesn't. Um, she's not as like effing graceful with things. And she always wears leggings. She doesn't wear pants. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Like I find the, myself not really identifying with ENFP characters very much for some reason. Usually it's an INFP character like uh, Amelie or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. What is Usually it? it's an INFP. What is it about Amelie? Let's, uh, let's use her as an example. What is it about her that you relate to so much? The quirkiness, um, the kind of desire to make life more than mundane, like to make life a movie, like to appreciating small things, um, seeing art in everyday things and like experiencing life on, on that level, you know, like, I don't know. Cause I'm just curious if, if you relate to her because you're very much so like her or if you aspire to be more like her and that's why you relate to her. I'm just curious. I don't really know you, so I can't say what you it's, like. It's weird because I'm not really anything like her. Um, certainly not physically. Um, well, very few people are. <laughs> I just find her absolutely adorable. I just, yeah. INFPs confuse me. The women I find to be so adorable and it's really annoying. Like, I'm like, I can't, I can't be this like perfect feminine flower of a, of a female that they can be. I don't know why. Um, but in her case, there's just something very artistic about her outlook on life and her appreciation of things and the way she sees things. And that's what I relate to. I relate to seeing seeing something in my everyday life that I find beautiful and artistic and capturing that moment in my mind or on my camera or um, like experiencing it on a deeper, more 
yeah intense level people like to confuse that with se and it's not because it's very much like something that we gravitate to that has that meaning for us and to capture that right mm -hmm. and a lot of the time yeah. like i love taking pictures of the things that i can like look back on like there's times where i'll go on it's very rare but i'll go on facebook and like i'll look at pictures from like 10 years ago just out of nowhere i don't know what inspires me to do that but i I think that this comes to like the SI. Yeah, we have the attachment to the physical. We are not attached to the ideas. Like we already talked about like ideas come and go, but we are attached to the sensory world. And whenever there are sensory things that stand out to us, we're more drawn to them. Like I have shirts that are like way too old. I can't bring myself to throw them away. I don't wear them anymore, but I can't let go of them because of the sentimental <laughs> value they have to me. Same with like notebooks, books, like they're just, sensory things that I cannot let go of yeah. what they mean to me. Yeah. And it's also the FI as well, like just emotionally caring about it too. And so my ENFP, she, she used to keep like a bunch of cards that her exes have given her, but she couldn't find like the heart to throw it away um, for some reason. So she just keep it. And I'm like, and then her new boyfriends would get angry at her for like keeping these cards from her ex-boyfriends. I, I think nostalgia is huge for us. I mean, it think is. about it's it. It's preserving that exact moment in memory, even the though novelty. Yeah. Like it, and that's where a lot of so our novelty seeking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where a lot of that's where our NE is generated from. It's like we've built our idea of the world from these SI experience, like from this SI experience and SI SI experience mm. with people. So it's like burned into us and we're generating the future and everything that way. Yep. So it's like you I feel that very out, fortunate to have way. that ability. Yeah. I agree too, and if you like you said, if you throw it out, then there goes that. Yeah, there goes like I mean a huge part of your memory in your life. I have I have moved a lot, and so I have thrown away a lot of stuff, and it is incredibly painful the choices mm -hmm. that I've made because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I want to look at that, and then I'll remember, oh, I threw it away during that move because I didn't have enough space for it. And then I'm like, man, I should have just made space for it because now I really want, like, I don't have any of my yearbooks anymore because they're big, they're heavy, mm. and I've moved. So I don't have any of my yearbooks from any grade. And like, even though they weren't like signed by a bunch of people that I was really close to, there's like the attachment to the pictures when they were taken um, yeah. and being able to look through the pictures of other people and be reminded of those relationships that I had with them. Um, it is pretty sad that I threw those away. And sometimes I still get like nostalgic for my yearbook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. And so my next question for you guys is, what is one quote you'd like to leave people off with? What is one quote that stuck out to you? The only mistake you ever make is the one you don't learn from. I don't know why this one, I like this one. Um, it's attributed to Mark Twain, I don't know if it's true. It's, I did not have time to write a short letter, so I wrote a long one. Ooh. I just love that <laughs> for some reason. Of course it's happening in your mind, but Isn't he supposed that to be an what has like- That's a good one from Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who says it isn't real, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I liked that one. I have too hard of a time picking a good quote because there are so many that are like good and powerful. Mm -hmm. um, but I really do like the artist. I don't know how to say his name, so I'm very sorry if you were to ever see this or anybody who does follow him. Uh, but it's Ramin Nazar. 
uh, on Instagram, um, every single one that he puts out, I'm like, yes, every single time, no matter what he says, I'm just like, yes, that that's how I feel. That's everything. I think a big one for me, and it wouldn't be my favorite because that changes all the time and it resonates with where I'm at currently. But one I took a photo of recently when I was out in nature, I was hanging out with Heidi, met her for the first time. It was, you can still know peace without knowing what comes next. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, I think mine would be, it's the serenity prayer from a lot of um, groups that use it, but it's um, uh, help me accept the, how it, hang on. Um, things I cannot change. Change the, the, the courage to change the things I can. I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, I love that one too. Mm -hmm. I like that one too. Mm -hmm. And and so you, it doesn't have to be just one quote. If you guys have like more that you like too, you can also say. I have an art account full of quotes. So if anyone texts <laughs> then you'll be able to see Yes, that. with the photos, like, you have such an amazing eye and, um, and the whole aesthetic is really nice. Yeah. I like the mantra, maybe this is my TE speaking, so sorry, it's a little mm -hmm. heavy handed. But I like the mantra of uh, do no harm, take no shit. Because I, I really appreciate the concept of doing no harm and being someone who is kind and being someone who is giving, but at the same time taking no shit, you know, having boundaries and, and protecting yourself. I think they can coexist. And I think people tend to have either one or the other and then champion one or the other. And I think one of the beautiful things about ENFP in particular is that we can embody both and and I think that's exactly what we should do. But I also really like, uh, we were talking about um, topics like possibilities and getting our ideas shot down and things like that. And there is a rapper from my hometown of Minneapolis called Toki Wright, who uh, created a, a song that, one of, the, one of the lyrics that I really like from that is, I can make reality from dreams if they could build the pyramids with no machines. And Ooh. I just think about that all the time, like it gives me chills. It's like, we were talking earlier, I'm sorry, but 200 years ago, there weren't hundreds of people hurling through the atmosphere in an aluminum tube. So don't tell me that my idea isn't possible. <laughs> yeah, that literally gave me goosebumps. Oof. Yeah, check out his album, Pangea, if you're into hip hop. I think mine um, kind of goes along with your first quote, Mandy, that um, it's just a simple one. It's like from Cinderella. So it's kind of like lame, but it's just have courage and be kind. And uh, that's mm -hmm. kind of something that like I think about a lot because sometimes, you know, like we want to stick up for ourselves. So we need the courage to do it. And then it doesn't always come off in the nicest way. So that's something I've been learning this past year. Like, I mean, the courage to stick up for myself, but still be nice doing it and not coming off so rude. Thank you for the wonderful quotes, everyone. Um, I was very moved by all the things that moved you. So thank you for that. And so my next question for you guys is, have you ever mistyped yourself as an introvert? No. Yes. <laughs> Um, I've had, I, when I first took the test, I didn't, I didn't mistype myself with that. I have had times in my life where I'm like, am I, even now, it's different times in my life because I really have kind of 
become friends with SI and realize the good things about it versus fighting it. And so uh, I, I do wonder sometimes if I'm an introvert, but then I go back to the, the whole model of ENFP and I realize that I definitely am one. Yeah, same. I think before I actually understood the real meaning of like introvert, extrovert, everything. And I was like, yeah, I don't like people. I'm an introvert. I want to stay home, like kind of thing. But there's way more to it, obviously. So um, yeah, a couple of years ago, I probably would would have said that. But now that I know more about it, and I've learned way more. Uh, yeah, definitely an ext extrovert. So mm -hmm. I've been it's testing the same since I was 16. So me too <laughs> but yeah. uh because i have the youtube thing you know people will tell you all the time what type they believe you are because they've watched a video and they think they know everything about you uh mm -hmm. so i try to consider what people say like when they're like i think you're this type like it's obvious you're this type so i'll take time to consider it because I don't want to be rude and just because I know if I'm being too defensive, like maybe I am wrong. Like if I have this much defensiveness about it, like perhaps I am wrong. So I'll explore the possibility. And I definitely explored the possibility of being both an INFJ for a while and an INFP. But uh, I can say with absolute confidence. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I, I think that I am firmly an ambivert which I think is a pretty common ENFP trait to be socially ambiverted where we need a lot of our alone time. And it's not even necessarily that I need alone time. It's that I want to be able to focus on the things I want to do. And I can't focus if there's other people around. So I have exactly. to make the choice. Like, do I want to be around people or do I want to work on this? Like I'm going to yeah. work on this because absolutely. Yeah. This is something I care about. And I mean, I care about you too, but like my sister wants me to call and I'm like, our phone calls are always two hours. So that's two hours that I can't do anything else during because it demands yeah. my full attention. So I've been putting it on. I'm gonna <laughs> have to agree with that completely because it, in my life right now, I'm noticing such a difference in my productivity being with an ESFP, which is so wonderful in so many ways. Mm -hmm. But in comparison to being with an INTJ for three years who always wanted to be working on projects, so did I. So it's very easy to like, have the amount of alone time and the amount of project time that I needed. Now there's such a requirement for going out um, that I feel massively introverted in this relationship. <laughs> so it's like, mm -hmm. I really, really identify more probably with introverts. Yeah. I feel like bringing an ESFP next to an ENFP just makes us feel more introverted naturally because that SE yeah. is just, they need mm -hmm. to be around people like they require yeah. it and i enjoy it i like really like being around people but when i'm around an esfp i'm like nope that's <laughs> i'm not that <laughs> i actually was gonna say with shannon because you're five that mm -hmm. might you feel obviously far more introverted because of that Oh yes, very much so. Like I, I tell everyone I'm colloquially introverted. <laughs> um, my ideal really would be to have like one, maybe two people tops. I guess like one person though, um, just in the room with me, like like Mandy was even saying about her INTJ, just sitting there doing projects with me, where like where you don't have to yeah. like, you know, only be focusing on, on, what the person's saying for two hours or, you know, you can have a, 
you can talk a little and then you can go silent for a while doing things and it's okay. Yeah. Like, but I have, you get that. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I just, I, I can usually like just feel myself like every minute I'm outside, like spending time with people, like just normal talking sort of thing. I just feel myself draining, like. And wishing you were working <laughs> on your stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm like, yeah. I really like you as a person, but I can't do this. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like learning that I was, I always tested as like, oh my God, my introversion was like 80% in the mm. score. So finding out that I was ENFP was kind of a shock. Cause I'm like, how do I like explain to people that I'm an extrovert when I'm like really not. But <laughs> when I, but like, wrapping my head around well of course it makes sense your your intuition so high I'm like okay and yeah obviously you can see it if you like ever sit there like talking to me like message me or something or like video chat about a night about like wanting to talk about you know this sort of stuff how much i'll freaking talk <laughs> like it's pretty yeah. obvious <laughs> <laughs> yeah I guess it goes back to having permission to use your dominant function. If you're in an environment where you're, you don't feel permission to use your dominant function, it will not be stimulating to you. Like, even if you're an extrovert, you're surrounded by people, but if it's not stimulating your NE, like the conversation, then it's just as much, like it can be draining. So like some, some ENFPs can think that they're introverts because they're either like around a lot of stereotypical extroverts and like mm -hmm. pop culture kind of defines like extroverts as like you know going to a party smoking cocaine off a bench with 80 other people <laughs> but like not all extroverts are like that <laughs> yeah so let's say like oh my god even the idea of like going to those parties or like oh god we have to we have to have a, a bar we have to have a, like a family barbecue or something i'm just like oh god please why why do you hate me <laughs> i can't do it it's it's so dependent on like the type of extroversion you have well, and I think one-to-one -one connection, I mean, we can have the same desire for people connection, but it, it's of a different nature. It's not always group connection, oftentimes one or two mm -hmm. people, like you were saying. So it can I'm be. I'm not actually. Like, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, like, it can be. Like, you know, if you gather the right group, um, it's not like... <laughs> It's yeah, not like never invite me. It's not, it's not like don't ever invite me anywhere. I'm just saying like, it's so like emphasizing, like it's just so dependent on the type of stimulation. Mm. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say that uh, for me, I'm, I mold to the group quite easily. So if I'm surrounded by other extroverts, I'm gonna take on the role of an introvert. And if I'm surrounded by introverts, I take on the role of extrovert. Um, so for me, it's just very malleable. Um, and I was gonna say something else, but I lost that point while I was listening. <laughs> Do you guys have any questions for each other? Like, what is an ENFP quality that you haven't seen discussed yet and that you want to see if it is and you want to bring it up? <laughs> Sorry, those are like so many big broad, like such big broad questions that I'm like, uh... Yeah. 
Now, this is a perfect example of how any actually works. If you start with an idea and tell us to branch off from like this big idea, we can't really hone it in. But if you give us a specific detail of something, then suddenly we have 5,000 <laughs> things to say about it. So I think yeah. that any is actually not a function that that works very well on the spot. It's more so a very natural thing. And when you try to control it, it tends to shut down. I am so bad sometimes at like yes. bringing up examples. And I, I noticed that from a couple of you guys too, while you were, you were talking, you're like, I have an example and here's some details, but I'm forgetting it. And I can't come up with an example right now, but you know, yeah. it's true. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. uh, that caused so many issues with my, my mom. Cause she, she would always be like, give me an example. And I'm like, do you guys do you guys find yourself being like i don't know yeah, I, yeah. I don't know words i can't like yeah. i don't know how to yeah. i tell people that all the time i'm like i got a really great idea sometimes but i don't know words i can't tell you right yeah in order to really communicate something i have to like write it out not even necessarily to give it to somebody else just to give it to myself like i have to talk it out loud or write it out yeah and see it's like it's a it's extroverted thinking in my opinion just to get it out of me and then look at it and go oh okay and then i'm able to yeah to words as you were saying like to put it to words and sometimes people will be like why do you dance around words like why can't you just say the thing and i'm like i don't no, <laughs> like, I'm not doing it on purpose. I don't because know. Because we, we have to speak it to refine it. It's different mm -hmm. NI types think it and refine it. We need to speak it to refine it because yeah. there's yeah. something about so the extroversion that requires the stuff to go into the universe and come back to us as opposed to NI that's just like, it's all happening here. Mm -hmm. like yeah. We need, some, we need to yeah. bounce it off of stuff. I get yeah. people that'll be like, why are you still talking about this? I'm like, because I'm thinking out loud. Like I have to yes. like talk it to death in order for it to make sense to me. Yeah. And that's actually, like, I was gonna say to Shannon, this is, not, this is my thing that I forgot that I remembered was that oh, when we were talking about being devil's advocate and playing, like there's so much play involved when we, when we speak, when we converse and discuss things um, that like people can take us so seriously for one little thing that we said, but sometimes it's really just playing with an idea. It's like playing with, mm -hmm. with Play-Doh. Like we haven't formed anything necessarily. We're just like trying it out, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and I wonder if the reason why it's hard for ENFPs to communicate is because they, um, it, it, like maybe like any has a, a habit of overcomplicating ideas. So it'll like want to explain it, but then it'll explain all these other things with it as well. And so then it becomes overly complex. And another thing that makes NE hard to keep up with is it can connect like disparate things together, like seemingly unrelated things. And people don't know how you made the mm -hmm. connection between um, piano notes and the notes of a wine like a glass of wine. And so they're right. like, well, how is that related? But you can see the relation. And and that's how you could right. lose people too. And I think so often because it makes sense for us, we don't sometimes take into consideration that the other person has no idea what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. <laughs> I had another thought about, um, about ENFPs too. 
Um, maybe this applies more to sevens than other types. I'm not sure, but INFPs and maybe other introverts um, kind of have, in my opinion, more of or more of the attention when it comes to being a type that is quote unquote deep. And I think ENFPs sometimes are a little bit in the position to feel like we need to prove ourselves that way. Oh, mm -hmm. like we are deep people, yeah. but it doesn't it doesn't come across as obviously because we're not wearing like a cool hat or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like I don't. Yeah, it's like if you are a smart person, you can perceive that I'm a deep individual without me needing to show you with my appearance. Um, so I think that's an interesting topic that kind of bugs me because I my response to that is never to try hard to show someone that I'm deep. It's like, if you're worthy of my attention, you will be the kind of person who will take the time to, to know that and also pick up on it without me having to shove it in your face. Okay, Great. that's really interesting. And it makes me, uh, it goes back to the point that maybe like, maybe why ENFPs might think that they're introverts because um, some ENFPs or like a lot of them, maybe, maybe all of them um, are contemplative and they're very deep. And normally depth is associated with introversion, but that's not true. And so some ENFPs, like they have a rich inner emotional world and like no one knows about it. And so they, they consider that some, that type of themselves, like if they heavily identify with that part of themselves, they can see themselves as introverts too. And, and so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, everyone, for coming out and, you know, showing your lovely ENFP selves. <laughs> Thank you for just being wonderful people to hang around with. You guys are charming, charismatic, lovely, um, bubbly. You have, like, a billion ideas that, you know, make the world a better place. You see the potential in the world, and you really want to actualize it in some way. So you guys are dreamers, idealists, and then you can bring forth these things to make the world a better place. And so, like, I really, really appreciate that about you guys. You guys genuinely care about other human beings and that you guys are, and, and that you your your quotes are so wise like your souls and that I love talking to you all because you ENFPs are quick-witted with your connections you guys can connect ideas that are seemingly unrelated together in a very very creative way and you guys really provoke thought through your devil's advocating and so yeah thank you for provoking thought with being great devil's advocators <laughs> and like thank you also enfps for bringing your playfulness and bringing your your ability to just be free and to push boundaries to the world because that allows other that gives other people permission to push boundaries in their life and that's that might be what they need to get out of their own box so you help people get out of the box that they put themselves in because you live so freely it's almost like you know enfps live as if there is no box to begin with because that's the truth the, the truth is there's no box and so you teach people the fundamental truth of being a human being how to live authentically by forgetting that the box exists and letting people live as themselves as their authentic selves around you and making people so comfortable from that so yeah thank you for encouraging the authenticity in other people and thank you for your creative insights your your ideas really help you know bring bring something very magical new fresh and whimsical and just beautiful to the world and so, yeah, I, I really appreciate you all for coming on. And 
Uh, just to remind everyone, Michelle and Shannon have YouTube channels that I'll link below. So mm -hmm. feel free to check them out. And they're, you know, awesome ENFP creators. And yeah, thank you ENFPs for enriching the world and making it a better place for everyone to live with. And thank you viewers for watching today's episode. And we'll see you all in the next one. Thank you, Joyce. Thanks, Joyce. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Trust you